Less Doing, Episode 80. Ari talks with Scott Jurica, a holistic doctor, about treating the person, not the condition, being an applied kinesiologist and clinical nutrition detective, and surrounding yourself with the right people. So welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, this week's interview with Scott Jerico was really cool because Scott uh, is actually a personal friend of mine and I've known for a few years now. Our kids uh, are about the same age. And Scott's a, a really interesting guy with uh, interest in uh, holistic medicine and nutrition. And uh, he's helped me with some some back issues that I've had before. And uh, just it was it was really cool to talk to him on the podcast. So I know everyone's going to enjoy that. How are you doing this week, Felix? Hey, good, man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. How about yourself? Very well. Very well. Actually, so when this comes out, this episode, I may be on a plane to the Genius Network event in pa- um, not Pasadena, in uh, Newport Beach. So for everyone uh, okay, who's cool. been following that along, I'm going to speak at Joe Polish's yearly event. And uh, I have 10 minutes to give a talk that delivers $250,000 in value. So how's that for efficiency? <laughs> oh, wow. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, but so so links for the week. Uh, and I'll, actually, before I forget, I, we still would love to hear some suggestions for our 100th episode, which we are just 20 episodes. Well, actually, this is episode 80, but we've already recorded up to episode 85. So we've got 15 episodes to go before we're at the 100th episode. And we want to make it awesome, and we want to make it what you guys want. So please uh, give us some suggestions and feedback. Otherwise, I'm just gonna just gonna talk for an hour. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> there's a, a bunch of articles actually this week, and a couple services. There's a service called Balloon, and there. Th- so this is a very basic service. It basically it's a uh, plugin for Chrome that allows you to right click on a link, and you can mm-hmm. save it directly to Dropbox or Google Drive. That is really cool. I thought that was very impressive. Uh, right. Okay. So yeah. it's so useful. There have been other ones like this before. Yeah. Uh, I think Cloud Drive or a couple ones like that. But this one is so seamless and just so easy and gives you the confirmation and puts it into a separate folder in Dropbox. And it's just great, especially... Or, or Box.com as well. What, what's that? Or for Box.com as right, well. Right. Yes. Correct. And you can choose when you make the file or, save. That's another thing. It's like a lot of these... Or Google you, Drive or... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like if you're getting a file off of Fiverr, for instance, like this is actually where I've been using it a lot because with Fiverr, they have their own sort of file sharing system. So a lot of times you have to download it first and then upload it to Dropbox and or whatever. This means you can just right click on it, put it right into your uh, cloud storage system, which is really great. It just just saves you a nice step. So I like that a lot. Absolutely. Uh, There was an article about restaurant reviews and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to explain why i wanted to share this but I, I just thought it was worth noting so there was a restaurant that's been in business for i, I think like 12 years or something and basically they were starting to get complaints that the restaurant was not very good they were getting these not complaints so much but they were getting bad yelp reviews and things like that and and what what they were getting consistently in the reviews was people saying that the uh, service was really slow Okay, so they they were they were actually kind of perplexed about this, and they really couldn't figure out why because apparently they haven't really changed the way that they've done things in a long time, and they used to have really great reviews from all these customers, and so they actually hired a consulting firm 
to figure out what was going on. And the firm was not really clear and they felt like maybe there was some training issues or staff or whatever, but it, it wasn't very specific and they couldn't identify it. So they decided to go back and look at footage, video footage from their surveillance system from 10 years earlier, which is kind of amazing. And they actually were able to find a few videos because that they, when they were doing it, but apparently in 10 years ago, they were actually using cassettes instead of all digital. So they found these wow. videos and they did a comparison to you know the exact same restaurant, same kind of service, and what that looked like in 2004 as opposed to what it looked like in 2014. And actually, the same, almost the same day. They did it from July 1st in 2004 to July 3rd in 2014. And what basically they found was that the average time from start to finish in 2004 was an hour and five minutes. And the average time from start to finish now was an hour and 55 minutes. So almost an hour more time. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? And that, you know, you'd have to wow. think like there's more efficiencies in the last 10 years. Like this is, there's, there's got to be, it's weird, right? So this is, yeah. this is what they found. I won't read the whole thing because it's, it's going to be too long for this episode. But basically, 2004, people walk in, they sit down, they get their menu. They, you know, a couple people want to move. Okay. The customers look at the menu. Waiter comes over, take the order, food comes back. Um, you know, they eat the food, they talk, they get their check, and they leave. So this is an hour and five mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> 2014, yeah. they come in, they get the menu. Yeah. Six times as many people ask to be moved for whatever reason. Um, before they open the menu, they take out their phones and they start taking photos of the restaurant. Uh, a few people had to call over to waiters because they couldn't connect to the restaurant's Wi-Fi and they needed help with that. Waiter came over. They weren't ready yet because they hadn't looked at the menu. So the waiter went away. When the waiter came back and then they order, the food comes. They have to take pictures of their food. Um, the, the, something like seven, seven out of 45 people sent their food back because it had gotten cold. Um, so the food comes back, uh, and then the, they're taking pictures of each other. Then the, actually half of the people in this restaurant in, in this particular like experiment, uh, or whether looking at the footage, asked the waiter to take pictures of them as a group. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, this was an, also eight of the 45 customers bumped into other customers or waiters on the way out because, because they were on the, because they were texting while walking. Anyway. So... I just thought that's that was really interesting. I, that is fascinating. I think it's fascinating, absolutely. And, so, it, and it's all—it's all down to the fact that we're basically so much more spoiled now than we were than people were back then. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so first of all, yeah, it's so fussy. We can have everything what we want, you know, whenever we want, so quickly. Well, the takeaway—I mean, one wow. of the takeaways is if you're going to leave, and this this relates to a lot of things. Okay, if you're going to if you're going to leave a bad review. I don't care if it's for a book or it's for a podcast or, and I'm not being, you know, I'm not talking about us, but, um, or it's for a restaurant or it's for a car or a product on Amazon. Think about it first, because I'm sure many, and I don't mean this to be like a rant, but I, I know I'm sure many of you have seen this on Amazon where somebody gave a product like a one star review because it, because it, it arrived a day too late, you know? You've seen that, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's like, don't give the don't give a one-star review and throw off all the other ratings for that. And and in this case, it's like, if the food was good, but there was a delay, like, stop and think for a second. If you really need to go ahead and... And, and that's another thing, too. Is like, do you really need to take the five minutes to go to Yelp and write a bad review? For it? I, just, I just think it, it requires a little bit of awareness, basically. I think that's a fascinating study it really is thank you and and the other thing that's worth pointing out from the other side of it is that if you have a situation like this in your business your restaurant your whatever it might be 
it's a really good thing actually to go back and compare what it looked like a year ago, what it looked like two years ago, or what it looked like before the problem started. So this is really almost a bit of quantified self, but you're just they were looking at two video tapes and basically making the comparison. It was that clear. So I just I really liked that. I thought it was great. Uh, okay, so there is a, a service that I have not gotten to try yet, and I, I want to. I'm curious actually to hear your thoughts on this, Felix. And uh, I, I wonder if anybody's tried this, but there's a, a new virtual assistant service called Just Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. So yeah. basically, it's like Fancy Hands, um, except it's only text message based, which I think is interesting in a way. Um, and it's actually one of the areas where most virtual assistant companies are lacking. And in, in fact, companies like Zirtual, which I, which I recommend, you have to actually pay for a higher plan to be able to text with your virtual assistant. Now, I don't necessarily understand the value. You know, if you have most people who have a smartphone, they're going to be able to email. They're going to be able to do a lot more with email. Of course, you can send a picture if you want. You can even send voice recordings or videos by text. But but why text? That's what I don't really get. Well, I think it's. I think it might be because, you know, sending a text is is almost easier. You know, the, there's there's actually a, well, I think often one less step to do. And there's no managing. I, I think what it. I think what they're trying to do here, because I, I you know check this out, is I think they're trying to have the the tasks that they're offering be sort of conducive to something that could be put into a text. See what I mean? I, so they're trying to they're, they're trying to go for the for the customers or the kind of tasks that are simple and that you can put in a text, not the you know multi-step things that we might send to fancy hands. No, you know what? Actually that's a very good point. That is a fair point. So I think that they're trying to sort of train their client base to you know to keep it simple basically. Well, thank you. That's you how, know what? That's how they can. Thank you for explaining that to me. That's <laughs> no, just a theory. <laughs> no, and I think you're right. You know, and I just, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't really get it because it, it was like, I, mm. but because for me, it's also like one of the nice things about being able to do fancy hand stuff by email and, and have it go into Evernote stuff is that it's searchable and I can go back and check the things. But, but yeah, you're right, nice, you know, right. For, for sort of like a, a fluid, quick little things, like maybe you just want to make a reservation or, I mean, they can. Well, I mean, that, that's what they say, you know, this, they're, yeah. You know their example of their example of jobs or tasks that they'll perform. Well, it also you yeah. know what I guess it turns into a little bit more of a conversation. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. You know, yeah, it's that, like that, that could be good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so yeah. actually, this is funny because so you, you actually that made it a lot clearer for me, and and this makes sense to me now because uh, I've been testing the new Fetch app. You know, and so we, we we've talked about Fetch oh, yeah. before, which is the personal buying assistant app, and uh, I'm I'm beta testing a new app for them, and, or their new version of their app, which is really cool. And one of the things that they've changed is that rather than making individual requests, you actually have an ongoing chat with their concierge. And what I it's just sort of connected it for me. So one of the things that's really nice about that, rather than doing these individual orders, is I had Fetch book my flight to uh to la for this week and i also had them book a car service and a couple other things and then i went ahead and ordered diapers and a few because they want me to really test it this week so i had them order diapers and i had them order this dvd and stuff and then like three items later i actually wrote and i said oh you know actually for that car service can you change it to this 
And I didn't have to go back and find that email. I didn't have to explain what it was. They were able to just go back through the history of our chat, I guess, and make that change. So I, I, that sort of makes sense to me why that this would work is for that as well. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there is a service that I found called Door-to-Door Organics. And I've been playing around with... Uh, Blue Apron and I, Blue Apron is the service that allows you to they, they send you ingredients for meals that you're going to cook yourself. And I interviewed the founder, Matt Salzberg, way back, I think, like episode 23 or something. And it's, it's an awesome service. Um, and actually, did you get yours yet? Uh, no, we're about to start this week. Okay, cool. So yeah. it's awesome. I really is awesome. And uh, as someone who likes to cook anyway, like this makes it so much easier and just so simple. And the food is great. I made, I made chili rellenos the other night, which is the stuff poblano chilies with rice and uh beef it was i mean really fantastic so uh it's it's a great thing but so there's this this uh, website or the service called door-to-door organics and basically what it is is like a farmer's market in a box so you're signing up and it's almost like a csa but you're getting these local goods that are whatever's in season and you can do just vegetables or just fruit or you can get fruit and veggies and you can also choose the box size and um, i just think it's a good thing to be able yeah, to access I, I've, I've, I've always thought that that sort of way where they just send you a load of vegetables is such a great idea as opposed to spending time saying oh i want you know this many peppers or you know i just think it's great to be throwing something once in a while that's not on your regular list absolutely you know what and i, I think that y- you almost can re- reverse engineer the meal that way because rather than being like oh what should i make tonight do i want to make you know vegetable lasagna okay well what i need rather it's like oh squash is in season so what can i make with squash yeah yeah i also like that idea and lots of cookbooks are also tailored to the season as well yes exactly so um, i i think it's a, a really cool idea there's only one problem what it's, uh, I just put in the zip code and it says, we do not deliver to your area. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's so. true. Uh, this one has, a, I think it's a tri-state area, but I thought that they came in. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, and then yeah. there's actually, I think they have California. They have, a really, they have weird regions. But these kinds of things, like Blue, for instance, Blue Apron was originally just in Manhattan. Oh, that's And now they're everywhere. So I, the, these right. kinds of services, if they do well, they tend to expand pretty uh, quickly. Yeah. Things like perishable goods are tricky to uh, nationalize, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On an affordable scale. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So <laughs> there is uh, a new... Th- so, you know, Little Bits, right? I told you about Little Bits a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks it looks great little thing. <laughs> Those little bits are so little. The cool. Little. <laughs> so itty bitty. So I, I was at, I spoke at the Founders Forum last year and the the creator of Little Bits was there and she spoke and it was really cool. And basically what Little Bits is, is try to picture uh, the Lego version of circuitry. Basically, it's like literally plug and play circuits that you can build. The ki- and, it's, and it's meant for kids, but it's actually some pretty sophisticated stuff, you know. And so instead of having to like wire together a sound sensor with a light, you know, that blinks when it sends the sound, you literally just clip them together. So it's, it's again, it's yeah, something. It's a really it just have a system and they're, and they're like color coded so you can, so you can make it so it's even simpler yeah absolutely and uh, actually it's funny because felix wanted to create uh a uh a but like a remote switch that yeah i I wanted to be able to turn on my i have my computer i have a desktop computer and it's in another room and i asked ari what would be a good way to uh be able to turn turn it on uh, without having to be 
in the room and it, I actually might need it to press on like a mechanical button. Little bits actually would have been the uh, the answer, but I uh, actually cheaped out and ended up a very cheap uh, cable. But um, but little bits would have certainly been certainly more fun way to do it. Yeah, and so for anybody who's got like that sort of maker bug in them, it's it's something definitely worth checking out. But particularly, what I wanted to tell you talk about is they have CloudBit now, which basically allows you to connect anything to the internet. Which and they already have an IFTTT channel, which obviously makes it something that I love. So it's yeah. if it's IFTTT approved, then I like it. Uh, and one of the examples that they have is like a remote pet feeder, an SMS doorbell. So if somebody rings your doorbell, it can get you a text message. Um, all sorts of... It's really like one of those things where the your, your imagination is the limit, basically. So uh, it's it's one of those things where it's you can do these sort of life hacks, but it, this is physical yeah. stuff. It's, it's like a, in the sort of like the Wemo switch, but it's it's all completely customizable exactly exactly so i I, this is one of the things i'd love to hear if people are using these in really cool ways but uh it's it's very 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 cool stuff that you can do and it's literally plug and play so speaking of ifttt i have some questions oh okay well let's we'll we'll get to that in a second uh oh and actually because we skipped over the question so we'll have to get we'll have to do a question section in a a minute uh there was a, a thing on the biohacks blog about how chocolate can suppress your appetite which is kind of amazing <laughs> um and definitely i guess a good sort of excuse to eat more chocolate but yeah this is with dark chocolate which i love um even though the picture is of cadbury milk chocolate on the blog post which is also delicious and amazing but uh basically what they were saying that that eating dark chocolate because of the various compounds in it can actually help suppress appetite so if you find yourself in a situation where you're like a little hungry or you're, you're not, you know, you, you might be going towards something that could put you in a situation where you might eat something bad or not, you know, that you want to eat, try having a square of dark chocolate and see if that helps because it will lower the desire to eat something sweet and actually suppresses energy intake compared with milk chocolate. So dark chocolate can help. a lot of help. people out there are going to be very happy with this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Myself included. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, one more thing before we get to the question and to get to your stuff too, because I want to hear what you've got for this week. But there was a uh, an article in Fast Company. Basically, so I love more than anything almost when I come up with sort of a concept or a theory for productivity or an idea that I post about and then somebody either creates an app that does it or a scientific study comes out that shows that it's true. And there was a study uh, basically saying that 15 minutes is the perfect meeting length, the ideal meeting length. And I literally wrote a blog post about this a month ago about how meetings should not be more than 15 minutes. And, you know, for general stuff, a lot of times you don't have to have the meetings at all. But basically 15 minutes seems to be just about the edge of most people's attention span. And if you can say in 15 minutes, then you're good to go. So try it next time you want to have a meeting. And by the way, when I have like schedule once... Or send it to your boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there was a great TED Talk, and I forgot who gave this, but he said that basically the, the two M's are the worst things in business, and that's the meetings and the managers. So uh, yeah. uh, they just tend to be sources of inefficiency. But basically try it. Try saying, you know, like, oh, no, we don't need to do that half-hour call. Let's do a 15-minute call, and you might be able to get a lot more done. Yeah. So, but before we get to the questions, what do you you got a couple things this week, right? 
Okay, yeah. So the one thing I absolutely love changing my life is um, it's an app and it is made by Contrast. It's an app for the iPhone and it's called Launch Center. Find it in the App Store. And what it does is, is my favorite thing about it is that I love the iPhone, but my main issue with the iPhone is that I find it is to actually make a phone call even to like one of my favorites is is too many steps are involved to actually make a phone call. Favorite list is good, but then I have too many people in my favorites and I need to have those people in my favorites. So I find that annoying. What Launch Center does is it basically um, creates you can customize what is you can customize a these pages so that you can just they're basically quick dials and and it's not just quick dials it is it can be anything so any particular task in iOS is uh, is just one click away and you can set all of these things up so that they're um is this making sense at all of cu- of course yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely go on, please so for example they they are they're basically like little macros um and you just assign them to buttons on a grid which is the phone right and some and so give some of the examples so for example i've got um i've got well just apps that you open apps that i regularly open okay that's pretty pretty simple Okay, search. So I have a search section. So if I go to, into my search section, I hold down the button and I've set in a few things. So uh, like a, a Google search, a Wikipedia search, a Google Maps search. So if I just um, touch that, it will search for, a, it will come up with a box and I type in the text and then it will open up Google Maps and search for that. I don't have to go into Google Maps, press the search box and type the search. I can just um, do it right here within one click one click if i want to look for an app in the app store i go to that so i've got a button right there type in the name of the app and bam it opens up app store and searches for that app absolutely fantastic and you have one for uh, for texting claire too right oh yeah so i've set up text to my family i've set up oh, one of the things i like to do is um so yeah i have a text to claire so i instantly um so that's that's really quick and simple. I have a picture of her, so I can. So it's it's really even easier. I have an email, so uh, a button to email her, I have a button to email myself. I have a button to text you and to call you and to call your home. And there's a picture of your house on it, and I have um, have a a button to email myself because that's one of the things I like to do. Is if I, uh, which is actually a segue into the next question is the best way I find to remind myself is to send myself an email. So I have a button ready to go that just sends me, send, that opens up an email to me. I don't have to put in the name and everything. It's, it's fantastic. The email to Evernote, so on. And, and of course, this app has an IFTTT tie-in, so that's something... It does. It has an IFTTT trigger, which I actually haven't even gone into yet. But that is segue to my next question which is sort of a question to you is the thing this these developers contrast also make an app called timer which is actually how i found this app one of the things i do is you know around the house 
Oh wait, you didn't tell again. us what contrast is. A contrast is the is the name of the the app developer. Oh okay okay. Yeah sorry so so contrast is the app developer and they make a number of apps including this one called Launch Center and this other one called Timer. Got them both on my phone. So what I was doing is the way this came about. It's a very long winded story. Um, probably lost half our audience here, but um, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still that, here. <laughs> you're still here. Exactly. Um, is that I always forget to, uh, put the laundry into the dryer after I, after it's been washed. Right. And, the, and so the most reliable way for me to remember that is to send myself an email. But what would be even better than that is to have an app that would set a timer and remind me, and it just has default duration. So, I go looking for that. Sure enough, there's this app called Timer, and you can have, you know, it has a grid of three by six with all different buttons of different times, and they're default times, and you can set in your 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 own custom ones too, and you can put names on it. So there's one for one minute, two minute, three minute, and five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, fifteen minutes, and so on. And um, but the thing that I really would like is to be able to just have a button, have an app. And maybe there's an, like an IFTTT way to do this. What is it, this is what I'm looking for. Is, is there a way in using IFTTT have that same sort of interface, an app, where, you would just, where I would just press a button and it will say, remind me, it will send me an email at the, you know, in like one hour, whatever the specified time is, email and a text to remind me to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you push a button and it and it tells you and it sends you an email and a text at a predetermined time. Yeah, so I like to say in 1 hour remind me to take the laundry out of the washing machine and put it in the dryer. Right, so I but, but it would just be the same because there are all these repetitive repeated tasks that I do the whole time. So for example, it could be like a parking meter, you know, laundry, just stuff that I need to be reminded of you know, in an hour's time, three hours time, whenever. But I don't want to have to sit there, send myself an email and, and you know, constantly be thinking about that or have to set a timer as well. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, sure. But I mean, it, I think you can do that with Launch Center Pro uh, and you can basically... But there's only, I think there's only one button. Is that right? I don't know. I need to check. Well, no, that. because what you can do is you can set it up with IFTTT so that it will send you a text message or you can have it send you, uh, you can basically use the Gmail channel and have it send a follow-up.cc, for instance. So you could set like a, a one hour, a 10 minute. Uh, but, but what I mean is I think there's only one, what I want is to have one, is to have like, you know, five or 10 predefined um, tasks or durations and i think with the ifttt thing in launch center i think you can only do one of course i should have found this out already but hmm. i haven't that's anyway no that's interesting and you know what i think we have to we might have to investigate that a little further because I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that i've done it's it's sort of similar but not quite um i make soft-boiled eggs a lot uh and basically it's we boil the water and then right. the eggs have to, right yeah well the eggs have to go for seven minutes yeah. So I have a really silly way of doing this, but I, I have one of the Belkin uh, Wemo switches at the front door. You know, you know the one. Yeah, yeah. So one of the IFTTT recipes is if you if you long press it for two seconds, that can be a trigger. 
Right. So right. that's my trigger. I, I basically drop the eggs in and then I go and push that button on the wall. And seven minutes later, I get an email. Right. <laughs> yeah, you see that? That's great. But, but it would be good if your Belkin had, you know, numerous buttons in different colors or something that have a little. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, you're right. that's what I mean. Well, what I have to do now is I have to just put multiple light switches around the house and then remember which one does which. <laughs> yes. God. And I hope your kids don't press them. Yeah. Well, we should figure right. that out together. Maybe we can we can report back. Unless yeah. anybody has any uh, thoughts on that, they can you know leave us some comments in the show notes or the, um, that would be, the blog post that notes. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, let's get to the, the user question for this week. So you want to run that? I bet you weren't expanding that huge tangent. Wait. No, that was good. I think that's good. <laughs> I, I love these thought experiments sort of how to, you know, that's what we do. I try to figure out how to make this stuff more efficient. Yeah, out steps, right. So I love it. Cool. Okay, let's go to the, uh, the, the, the question. Here we go. Hey, guys, I just have a question. Um, I know a lot of your advice is tailored to companies and entrepreneurs. Uh, at least that's my point of view. Uh, I, myself, am a young professional who's actually going back to school for a post-bac program, uh, so I'd like to attend medical school. As you can assume, I have uh, no interest in optimizing a business. However, I'm very interested in ways of optimizing my schedule, maintaining a high level of organization, and anything that helps me get closer to those goals. So anything that makes you a better person. Uh, my question is, given that I am a student, I have ambitious goals to attend medical school. So what apps, websites, books, suggestions do you have for me to achieve these goals? I really appreciate all the help you guys have given us. Uh, I look forward to the podcast all the time. I'm always taking notes on every episode to look up something. So appreciate it again. Kind regards. Have a good one. Cool. Okay. So that's a, that's a, I mean, it's sort of a general question, but at the same time, I, I believe firmly when I, you know, when I created Less Doing, this was not created for entrepreneurs. It was created as a way of reducing stress so that people could, well, it was basically created as a way to free up time so that people could stress less and be more effective. So it really should apply to everybody. And yes, it's true that a lot of stuff we talk about maybe has to do with businesses, but Generally speaking, these concepts should apply. But as somebody who is going to be a student or is a student and wants to sort of be more specific, I, I can make some recommendations. Um, and I can also sort of explain how less doing methodology may apply to that kind of situation. So one of the things you were talking about was schedule and organization. And the schedule one is actually funny because my whole theory and my whole thoughts on scheduling be came out of what I had happen in college, basically. So I, I graduated a year early from University of Pennsylvania. And to do that, I had to take uh, six and seven classes the last two semesters. And the, sept- uh, the fall semester, I was looking at the classes and I, I picked like three of them. And I started to pick the fourth. And I noticed that all three that I had chosen so far were only on Mondays and Wednesdays. So I thought, hmm, you know, it, it's already kind of been tense. Like I have to do six classes and next semester I have to do seven. What, you know, it'd be great if I can get these all on two days. And then I'll have a, a break in between. And I'll have basically a four-day weekend every week, uh, which is amazing. So I did that. And basically what I did for the next three classes in that particular uh, first semester was I actually chose classes based on the times they were available so they would fit in the slots, um, which is probably why I ended up with a, um, two minors, one in art history and one in psychology. 
that were not necessarily intended. So the second semester, I did the same thing, or the final semester, rather, and I had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And yeah, they were long days. They were from like nine to six every day with no breaks, but I had a break in between. And then I again, I got my four-day weekend. So that sort of stuck in my head. And now my whole thing with scheduling is that you want to try to schedule things. First of all, you want to batch as much as possible. So you really do want to kind of group things together and get them in the same sort of uh, corral as much as you can. So you're not constantly switching gears. And even if you have limited flexibility on time, you know, I I don't necessarily think that you want to be scheduling uh, something very creative right after you're doing something very scientific. And and that might sound counterintuitive because maybe you want to change things up. But the truth is, is you actually get into this sort of groove and a mode to some extent that that you can take advantage of. So organizing your schedule that way and and trying to put similar tasks together, that's something very helpful. Uh, as far as organization goes, again, the organization concept for me is very simple. It's all about setting limits. And honestly, it's about setting artificially restrictive limits and then working backwards from those limits to find the solution. So what that means is that maybe you only have a certain amount of space to store things in. That's you know one example that I've given before. Or in my case, I only have Chrome, Skype, and Dropbox installed on my computer because I want to be able to be very fluid and work from other machines if I need to and, and be protected against computers dying. But this could also apply to how you do your work. And one good example of that is the Pomodoro technique, which Felix is a fan of. That's right. Um, and the Pomodoro technique is the one where you're working for 25 minutes and then taking a five minute break and you're compartmentalizing the work you do. So that's a really good way, especially as a student, especially if you're studying. It's a really good way. However, Felix, I don't know if you saw this, but there was an article that I posted, posted the other day that apparently the most effective uh, ratio between work and rest is 52 minutes of work and 17 minutes of rest. Oh, really? Yes. So I've talked before about how you can play around with the ratios. The, the standard Pomodoro is 25 minutes of work, five minutes of rest. I've done 25 or 15, five. I've done 12, eight. I've done, you know, I've sort of messed around with it, but there was some, they basically came up with this at 52 minutes of work and 17 minutes of break is really good because you're getting almost an hour solid work and then you're getting a real break. So you can actually yeah, really decompress. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. So that's that's no, another thing to think about as far as organization, organizing your time, um, not having a to-do list. That is, I'm not going to go into that whole explanation now. That's all over the blog, and I've talked about it ad nauseum at this point. That definitely applies to whatever you're doing. But then there's two other sort of general recommendations, and and one of them, actually, this 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 main one encompasses the other. I had Hal Elrod on the podcast recently. Actually, sorry, he's going to be on the next episode. I've already recorded with him, but that's going to be the next episode. And he did, he's the author of The Miracle Morning, which is the, basically the book about how he, he took the six most effective habits of very successful people and packed them into a, an hour in the morning that he does. And he's up at 3.30 in the morning, and he does this from 5 to 6. It's pretty amazing. And I've implemented my own morning routine that I've I've talked about before. And I think that no matter what walk of life you're in, it's hugely, hugely helpful. And so in my morning routine, at least I I get up, I do a a 10 minutes of exercise that is, you know, you can do anything you want. It could be yoga, it could be squats, it could be anything. Um, I do some journaling and the five minute journal is a really great way to do that. 
I do my own sort of digital version. Um, some reading, some research, some brain training games, some meditation. It's basically, I, I think that no matter where you are in your life, it's something that can really set you up for the, a good day, set you up on your own terms, and really, really does make a big difference. So I hope that that sort of answers your question. I really you know, appreciate you framing it that way. And um, I hope that helps. Rock on. I'm sure it will. Yeah. So um, anyway, I, you know, we were only do the question at the beginning, but that, that sort of made sense to fit that in here. And uh, Felix, do you have anything else for us for this week? No, I think I've spoken enough okay. <laughs> at length this week. Well, uh, I, I, we're going to have more and more of that, I hope. So thank you, uh, Felix, for, for sharing that. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Hope you enjoy the interview with Dr. Scott. So now I'm speaking with Scott Jerica, who is a personal friend and a holistic doctor. So, Scott, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, you bet. Glad to be on here. Yeah. So, first of all, let's uh, let's talk about what, what you do. You know, what, what does that mean to be a holistic doctor? Sure. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, so many different fields of medicine. You know, holistic medicine, uh, you really become specialists and there's different kind of versions and, and there's so many different uh, specialties and therapies and techniques that, you know, anytime when I talk to a patient, I'm, you know, a patient was referred to me or whatnot, I kind of let them know where my skills are just so that they understand, you know, what it exactly means. And so uh, for me, you know, my, my specialties, uh, you know, I have my master's in nutrition is one thing. Uh, I'm also a doctor of chiropractic, so I do all the uh, musculoskeletal things. And then I'm also uh, certified in applied kinesiology, which really gets into a lot of functional medicine and functional movements and really uh, looking at the body and really trying to determine what's going on uh, uh, with with every person individually. So if, if I could try to coin a certain term you know, it would be like uh, basically like a natural family doctor. You know, I, I have patients come in for a variety of treatments, uh, conditions, whether it's, you know, diabetes or heart disease or fatigue or they're recovering from cancer. Now, now of course, I'm not treating any of these diseases, <clears throat> but I'm treating the person with the disease. And so I really want to look very functionally uh, at them. And, you know, I do. I look at lab work. I look at MRIs. I look at everything. Uh, but a lot of times my analysis of it is a much narrow range. So, you know, you look at lab tests and people come in all the time that they're sick and tired and, you know, they, they can't sleep. They can't, you know, all you know, their, their memory's going. But yet on their lab test, uh, everything's quote unquote normal. Uh, well, it's not normal. It's within a lab range. And so you really got to start looking things much more specifically. And that's where a lot of these techniques come in and, and really make something really customized and, and really watching the person and, and listening and looking at their, uh, their symptoms and conditions. Okay. So that's, that's, I think that's an important <laughs> distinction. First of all, before we go in front of that, is that, you know, you said you're not treating the illness, you're treating the person. And I, I feel like, um, I, I, you know, I do my best not to like go on rants about medicine, but I, I feel like that's a huge issue where it's, it's even further to the contrary of what you want, whereas a lot of medicine is treating the symptoms, not even the illness. Yeah, exactly. So, so when you're, you're talking about treating the person, you know, so given that, that almost makes it a little bit more, uh, not vague, but I feel like almost harder in some ways for you to target what's going on. You know, so somebody, so why don't you give some examples? You know, somebody comes in there, they're tired or, or, you know, actually an even better one is they're overweight. 
you know, there could be so many factors, Mm -hmm. right? So where do you kind of start? Well, excuse me. You know, the first thing I do, I have them fill out uh, a pretty extensive form. Nothing that's too overwhelming because then I don't want them to, you know, just not come at all because it takes too long to fill out the forms. But I first start out, you know, having them fill out a forms and really look at every part of their systems where, you know, let's say you have somebody who's overweight. Well, uh, it, it's it, there's multiple uh, things are going on. So you want to look at their digestion. You know, are they overeating because they're just not absorbing well? You know, you want to look at uh, different inflammatory markers on the blood test because they're real inflamed. Uh, their whole body is going to be irritated. They're going to be ending up being more tired, which means their metabolism is going to uh, be off. And that could also gain weight. You want to look at their stress levels. And there's so much uh, information on adrenal fatigue uh, that, you know, over time, the, as the adrenals start to go down, then, you know, again, the metabolism and the thyroid starts to get affected. And obviously, we look at the thyroid because of the, the, male, the, the metabolic properties of that. So I look at just the entire symptoms of that. And then I want to look at their latest blood tests and go in to see one, if they've had enough blood tests done. And if not, I'd like to look at it, some more of those. Uh, and then, and then look at their lifestyle, you know, they especially where, uh, you know, their, their social, uh, standards where, how do they like their job? Do they, are they in a good relationship? Are they sleeping enough? I mean, we just, we kind of look at all these factors that, you know, can, it, it's not as simple as, oh, we'll just take this diet pill and, and you're going to lose weight, but we really want to uh, get results fast. So they start to see it, but then also make these lifestyle changes that they actually enjoy. So that, that's kind of how I, how I look at that from a standpoint of, of somebody with, uh, with weight loss. Okay, so that and, that, and that's that's really interesting. Um, and uh, okay, so now you sort of focus on your specialties in a way you have applied kinesiology, and then you're also doing the uh, clinical nutrition, right? So, correct. What, what? Let's talk about what those disciplines are. Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. Let's let's talk about like what those you know. What, a lot of people may not know what applied kinesiology sure. is, and, and sure. also the, the clinical nutrition program is is a is a relatively new thing. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, you know, first I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, applied kinesiology, you know, like anything, if you go to, you know, Google, um, there's a lot of misinformation uh, on stuff. So, you know, the best way that I describe, you know, applied kinesiology is, is true functional medicine where, um, you know, you have somebody who comes in, let's say, who's, who's, who's sick and they've got a cough and they've got, you know, they're tired and whatnot. So the way that I look at it from the standpoint is, okay, well, you know, what is it there that they're going to need? Are they going to need some echinacea? Are they going to need some vitamin C? Are they going to need some andrographis? Are they going to need, you know, whatever to help with their bodies? So instead of guessing, we're actually going to utilize the body to determine, you know, what is needed. And the way that I do it is there's, there's uh, you know, especially with applied kinesiology, uh, there's a lot of different components to it. And, uh, you know, the way I'll do it for this is, you know, there, there are certain points on the body that can be related to the lung, you know, for the lung to drain and to, to heal properly. So if I can rub on that point and it hurts them, and then I have them taste something, I have them taste echinacea, I have them taste vitamin C, and their pain goes away, or it, it, it's minimized, or they actually, after tasting something, they start to breathe a little better right there at, in the office then that lets me know, okay, this is something that could very well help this person feel better. Uh, instead of just guessing to say, well, let's just try this or try that. Uh, and by, by doing that, we're doing a lot of very scientific things that a lot of people might, may not know about or even understand that, you know, just like when somebody has a stroke, 
the uh, paramedic is going to put nitroglycerin under the tongue. Well, the reason why they put it under the tongue is there's a large vein there and it gets into the nervous system really fast and helps dilate the vessels. So uh, if that's true for, you know, a stroke victim, nitroglycerin, well, why can't we have a patient taste certain things, you know, in, in, in the mouth and see if they start to feel better, see if their pain is diminished, see if their uh, range of motion Im- improves. You know, uh, it's the same thing if somebody has a food allergy. They can barely just touch peanut or shrimp or whatever it is on their on their tongue or on their lip. They can, you know, as severe go into a, an anaphylactic shock. I mean, they could they could change things immediately. So if that's true for for that, why can't we use it for a nutrition and natural medicine? So that's the standpoint that I look uh, from an applied kinesiology from a nutritional standpoint. I also look at with from AK is the 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 short uh, the, the abbreviated version for applied kinesiology. Now watch a person walk. You know if their hips are off or their uh, shoulders high, they're rotating their their head differently. It lets me know that certain muscles aren't functioning at optimal levels. Uh, and so what what I want to do is at the course of a treatment uh, is basically put those muscles back into a hundred percent. They're not functioning an ideal level. They're still functioning. They can walk. But why can't we get it to a standpoint where let's get things to move appropriately so that they uh, can feel better? Uh, so that's the standpoint that the main components of, uh, of AK that I, that I use. Uh, the standpoint of the clinical nutrition and the stuff that I'm yeah, – I think it, to me, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little biased. I mean, it's like to me a perfect blend of, uh, of natural medicine where you use the functional components of, of AK and then you use the clinical nutrition uh, with uh, the master's in nutrition that I got – focusing on evidence-based medicine and looking at people uh, with chronic conditions and finding out why are we getting, you know, sicker and sicker and what's going on. And so the main components to do for uh, the clinical nutrition and the the functional medicine aspects uh, has a lot to do with lab work. And and so many people think, well, you know, with labs and you can go really far down the rabbit hole and spend a lot of money to uh, get a lot of lab work. But initially, so many things you could find out by a lot of the standard blood tests that insurance covers, the the CBC metabolic panel, vitamin D, urinary analysis, thyroid panel, and all these things, most of the time insurances cover. And the way that that, that makes it very unique of what I do is uh, just because something is in lab range doesn't mean it's ideal. Yeah. when you look at lab tests, uh, those lab tests, and understandably, they're, they're very valid in this point that they are, those ranges are used to determine pathology. So if you have, uh, you know, for a thyroid, if your TSH is over 4.5, you could have hypothyroidism. You could have a condition where uh, most of the traditional doctors say, okay, well, let's look at some different things. What I do is instead of, and I'll just give that example of uh, TSH for thyroid, uh, 0.45 to 4.5 is the, the norm, uh, the, the, the normal on the blood test. But the ideal range is about 1.5 to 2. So you go to your doctor and you're tired. You have a you know 2.53 TSH. Well, you're normal. You're not normal. You're just not sick enough to be classified with disease yet. So when you look at things at a much narrow pattern and start, and start seeing things from an ideal standpoint, 
you just open up a whole new pathway to tell patients, you know, this really isn't in your head. There is something going on. And while you're not level for most doctors to, 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 to turn a to diagnose with a, a condition, we can start fixing things right now nutritionally, uh, you know, through diet, through you know, potential different exercises, through structural um you know, balancing out the structure, doing all these things to make sure that, okay, let's not get to that point, one of a disease, but also just to get you to feel better. And so that's kind of the way that I, that I combine everything to uh, really customize something to uh, help you feel better. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's just fascinating. I, I do. I mean, I know personally from, from since we're friends that, that you're very passionate about this, but I mean, it sounds like something that's very exciting in a lot of ways. Like it's like detective work all the time in, in a really cool way. It is, you know, and I, um, uh, daily, I, I, I have, I mean, from a, from a two year old who has a rash over their body to, you know, a mid seventies woman who's just going through, uh, three bouts of chemo and wants to, you know, rebuild their body. Nutrition, and so I, I, and it's just a broad, you know, it, it's a new adventure every day, and it it keeps me on my toes, and it keeps me wanting to, you know, keep up with research and uh, and whatnot, and it just it's exciting so that you know I'm not anti drug, I'm pro health. That you know, if there is a time that somebody needs medication, then absolutely, that that's not what I'm saying. But what if there is something that conference that, locked that can help that you can you know you can do without. Uh, medication, or there could be different side effects or sim- uh, symptomatology from the medication. But let's go ahead and support the body so that the medication is actually better utilized. And you know, there, there's all different components to that that uh, that yeah, that absolutely that make it really really exciting. So okay, well, so you actually just touched on something else then that that, that always interests me as well is that. Uh, because, you know, I've recommended supplements and, and things to people before uh, with Crohn's. And I always tell them, and, you know, I'd say half the people, they're always like, so when can I get off my medicine? And I'm immediately like, I, you, that, that's not a conversation that we can really have. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. You, you can do what you want, and I can tell you what I did, which, you know, in retrospect, I actually think I, I was even more cautious than I probably needed to be. But I said everything that I'm recommending is not going to interfere with the medicine that you're taking, and it's going to help your body do what it's supposed to be doing. So that's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, they can work sort of together. And and, and I've said this in interviews and stuff, I, I – I don't think that I would have been able to do what I had done for my Crohn's had I not been on these horrible, and when I say horrible just because they were very intense medicines, because I do think that they probably gave me a little bit of a break in order to be able to read it, you know, work on this. So there is a, there's absolutely a place for it. I think these things can work together. And you, you said it perfectly. And I know we, we've talked a lot about this, you know, you know, many times that uh, all of medicine you know, whether it's the traditional allopathic or you get into natural medicine and acupuncture and, and whatnot, that we all just need to work together, you know, because uh, I, you know, I don't have any quote unquote patient. No patient is mine. This is about somebody coming in to heal and whatever it takes and whatever is best for that person to heal and to live a, a healthy and wonderful life for themselves, for their family, that's all that matters. And so if there's some times that if we can learn together and, you know, I, and I do, I, I work with many medical doctors you know, on different conditions and stuff and we, we can all kind of talk together and, 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 and get the patient better. That's, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah. So I, and I, I, so I want to come a little bit back to some conditions in a second, but sure. uh, for, for, for the moment, what I want to talk about also is something that you've been able to do now, which is the, the virtual, the, um, what are you calling it actually? You're calling it like virtual hospital. Virtual right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that because a lot of doctors actually won't or can't do that. So I, I think it's amazing that you're able to do this. So how, how did that kind of come about? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I was really wanting to do is you know, I, I was getting more and more uh, patients, you know, I was, you know, had a practice in, in New York City for many years and, and now I've moved down to, to Texas. And so it's a kind of a combination of while I was there, I was having people from uh, all over the country ask, you know, to try to come in or, you know, even across, you know, overseas and, and whatnot. So the thing that I wanted to do is make this available for, you know, virtually everyone, no pun intended, that we want to offer this services so that if people who can't get to the office, whether it's by distance or by disease. Uh, you know, I have some patients right now recovering from chemo that because of the medications, they can't be around people right now. So what are they going to do in the meantime? Um, people who are suffering chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, severe depression, all these different things that, you know, there's a lot of things we can do to nutritionally uh, support the you know the patients again not treating the, the the disease but treating the person so to help them you know get better and work with their you know local doctors or you know or whatnot so that that's how it kind of came about and, and you know it's there are more and more doctors just the the traditional medical doctors that are starting to do this I think there's a couple of apps that are out there uh, that do that and to, to help with prescription medications or you know do a quick you know uh, video call or whatnot and I just wanted to offer all the other components to say, okay, well, let's look at you from a completely holistic standpoint. And if you need something from a structural, I can find somebody uh, close to you. Uh, or, you know, if, if you just need more from the medication stuff, let's all talk with the, with the doctor as well. Uh, and then finally, if you want to do just purely, purely natural, then that's, that's where all this stuff comes in. And, you know, it, it's at the comfort of your own home. You don't have to worry about, uh, I think the average, uh, office wait right now for doctors. I mean, it's like 30 minutes, you know, even longer. I mean, I have people waiting two and three hours at their doctor sometimes. So it makes it convenient. It makes it, you know, affordable. It makes it, uh, you know, a way that they can get all of this kind of information, uh, you know, at, you know, almost immediately to them uh, without having to, you know, leave their house or office. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, just having someone who can intelligently interpret blood test results or urinalysis results, uh, which you can clearly do over the phone. You know, yeah. that, I, I'm, I've had, when I was had active Crohn's, I was getting blood drawn every five weeks. And, yeah. you know, I, I had a good, I had a really great doctor, honestly, but I, I had the experience plenty of times where someone was like, oh, you have to come in for your lab results. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I have to come in so you can tell me that all of my range values are normal except my vitamin D or something. It's like, it's, it's such a weird model. So the yep. fact, just being able to do that and, you know, and I've, I've shared with you personal results of, um, I can't remember actually. Oh, I sent you my cortisol test, which yep. I talked about on the podcast before. Uh, so it, it, it's like you can get these answers and, and you're using your time more effectively the patients getting the value that they need without any of the headaches or being exposed to other sick people. I mean, all this other stuff, it's just, it's almost surprising to me that this isn't happening more and more. So 
are you are you seeing a lot of your practice sort of shifting that way, or is it sort of what's the mix? Yeah, it, it's it, it's shifting more and more, especially you know once you know once I moved my practice as well, and patients still wanting to uh, to work with me in, in New York, and then I you know I had a salad office for a while in Los Angeles, and so yeah, I just see more and more of a trend uh, towards that, so that uh, you know like I said, they can, they can one get the information right now, uh, and then there's a lot of different things that I can tell them that a lot of doctors don't know about as far as uh, and I know you've talked a lot about this, a lot of self-tracking. You know, there's so many different things that I can tell patients to start analyzing for themselves that they can start seeing their own health improvement just by, you know, a few different things that I can tell them to do or for them to watch or for them to track as well. So there's a whole team effort in this versus, you know, like you said, you get a call from your doctor says you need to come in, but the next appointment isn't until six weeks. So, right, and they don't tell you if it's good or bad. Yeah, and so then what? What? What are you going to do those six weeks? One, you're going to stress about it. Two, what if there is something you can do, starting literally today, to help you know with those lab values, or just the comfort of saying, "No, you actually things are really good. You know, you're really improving." And and let's let's you know let's tweak this or let's tweak that. So when you uh, when you start with somebody on the virtual side, and actually, so this is just sort of a recommendation to in general, like what what are the things that you that you would tell someone like if you're just going to get a couple things tested or just to get a good picture, like what should you what should you do for you mean for lab tests? Yeah, or yeah, like someone you know that you're never going to meet in person. It's just someone who wants to do virtual, and, and they're sure. like, you know, what do I need to? What should I be looking at right now? Sure, um, you know there there's there are some that are just you get so much information again from you know analyzing your liver and your kidneys and gallbladder and all that. Basically, you would do a complete blood count. You would do a, a comprehensive metabolic panel, UA, which is urinary analysis, a thyroid panel, and make sure that uh, free T4 and free T3 are also included. A lot of times, they just do totals. Uh, you want to have both those free ones. Vitamin D, because everybody <laughs> has talked about vitamin D, uh, and cholesterol panel. Those are, I mean, just kind of a broad, if you want to just be very preventative, proactive, uh, those are the, the, that's the basis. Then if you want to go a little further, then that's when you get into uh, magnesium. Then you get into, uh, if, if there's a history of thyroid, you want to look at the thyroid antibodies. Uh, you want to look at ferritin. That's going to show your iron levels as well as chronic inflammation. Um, you know, and I'll step back. I would also add high sensitivity C-reactive protein. Uh, to initial one because you just want to look at overall information. There's so much research with Alzheimer's, cancer, and all those that are all inflammatory, uh, inflammation uh, linked and related. Uh, so I would I would definitely do the the C-reactive protein uh, to that, uh, and then you can go you go further down if you have different hormone issues. You can go into you know progesterone, estradiol, uh, uh, but those those kind of like the basic. Those first would would be uh, the ideal. Uh, another one, a company that I've just really, really loved and gets into inflammation, it gets into uh, fatty acids, is a company called lipidlab.com. It's a finger prick test. Uh, What's it, it called? Shows, Sorry. What's it called? Yeah, it's lipidlab.com. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a finger prick test, and it gives you your omega-6 to 3 ratio. And, uh, you know, so many, you know, again, going back to the inflammation stuff, you know, the, you need to be ideally about two to one or even 1.5 to one uh, for six to three. And the average American is 25 to one. Yeah. And so for about, I think it'll cost, you know, about a hundred bucks or so. 
you get that. It's a finger prick. You do it at home. You mail it in. And if you don't have those ratios right, you can fix those really quickly. Uh, you know, there's you know different you know uh, fish oil supplements, different blends depending on what what is there, and yeah, it's going to help so many people because you know of all the research on fatty acids and inflammation and you know the chronic diseases. So those are kind of the the the, the basic ones that I would do, and then you know depending on you know, the patient or, you know, let's get those first few done. And then as those come in and they do the, they do the, the symptom survey, they, they fill out my forms. Then it's like, okay, well, let's, let's set up a call. Let's do a Skype, let's do whatever. And then after that, we can determine to see if there is anything else done or if not, let's just, you know, get you on some, you know, good nutritional protocols, recommend some different supplementation, do some things like that. And then, you know, I like to do it, especially for somebody who first comes in to, you know, schedule a call and then about every two weeks to kind of do another quick consult just to see how they're on track for the next, you know, two or three times. And if things are doing real good, you know, you probably go for another two or three months. You know, it's all about, you know, this, this gets back to the individualization. You know, different people are going to need different things. And depending on their uh, conditions or what they want to get out of it, we kind of just really customize it um, for the patient. Cool. That's, that's great. All right. So so last question that I always like to ask on the, uh, on the podcast here is what are your sort of your what are your top three personal tips for being more effective? And this can be across any realm of things that you do, productivity, health, uh, family, anything. What are the top three things you recommend people? Sort of okay. Uh, that's, that's good. Uh, sleep. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I tell you, there's just uh, as as silly as it sounds. I mean, if you know, the closer you can get to bed to ten, and, and the closer you can wake up to seven. Uh, some people are probably laughing as they as they're hearing this, but I mean, you can just go on and on of the research on diabetes and cancers and and chronic. I mean, your body repairs and heals at night. That there's just there's nothing better than to make sure you sleep. Um, the other thing is, you know, water. That's the other one where drinking pure, fresh, clean, you know, not, you know, research on tap water and the copper and inflammation, you know, that's another, another whole topic. You, you want to make sure you get plenty of that. Uh, and then lastly, I would say surround yourself with good people. And you know, and and love, and, and as silly as also that sounds, that we're we're social creatures. That if we can be around good people and, and people that are positive and nurturing, and if people aren't and they're close to you, it'd be better not to be around them. <laughs> you know, we really need to um, need to surround ourselves with positive people and and people that are loving and, and and nurturing and and can and be there for us both as as a comfort for that but also to hold us accountable to make sure that we we, we live good lives those are so good uh those are awesome and especially again since i know you personally and i, I know how those sort of integrate your life and I, I, those are those are great great tips so scott thank you so much what, where where is the best place for people to find out more about you maybe sign up for a virtual uh, house call where can i work sure. where's the best place uh best place is uh my website it's uh www.dr as in doctor scott s-c-o-t-t and last name j-u-r-i-c-a.com so drscottjurica.com 
all that will be. Uh, I have connections to my uh, Twitter, to Facebook fan page, to signing up for virtual consult. Uh, I do a lot of research on on, on Twitter and Facebook that kind of keep people up to speed on that uh, as well. So that's going to be, they're going to find all the details uh, about me on, on there. Great. And we're going to have links to all this in the show notes. So Scott, thank you so much for taking cool. the time to talk to me. Cool. Thanks, Ari. Always a pleasure. Hey everyone, it's Felix here. Thanks for taking the time to listen in and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. We always like to hear your feedback. Please make sure to check out the blog at lessdoing.com where you can find out about Ari's elite group coaching mastermind group as well as the Less Doing University which has over 100 hours of video content and a question and answer forum too. Also, if you love the show, please take a moment to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Thanks a lot and we'll see you next week.